this is a fun sermon uh, for me. Uh, I hope it's going to be as good for you as, it, as I heard it this morning when God was speaking to me. Uh, I'm reading out of John chapter 15 when Jesus uh, is talking about, I am the vine and you are the branches. I think I've read this passage, uh, no lie, about a thousand times. Uh, and so God has spoken to me on so many occasions through this chapter it has revolutionized my life and most of my theology. So I'm going to jump in the first uh, five verses. I'm going to read them to you, and then we're going to get started. You guys cool with that? I think this is going to be powerful to some of you. Jesus said this, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. While every branch that bears fruit, he's going to prune it so that it bears more fruit. This verse is always the weirdest one out of this whole section. It doesn't make sense. Uh, For you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you abide unless you abide in me. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And he who abides in me, and I in him, will bear much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. I always thought Jesus was exaggerating quite a bit when he said that. That just seems like a lot of, like, come on, Jesus. We do a lot of things without you. You don't do many things beneficially. This is like when Jesus said the wise man built his house on the rock and the foolish man built his house on the sand. Uh, Because when there's a lot of things you can build and years later realize that you spent a lot of time and a lot of effort doing something that doesn't last very long. That's terrifying. Well, anyways, let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. Amen. This uh, little illustration uh, was from last week. If you guys remember, some of you were here, some of you were not. Uh, we cut uh, this uh, perfect little branch here from beautiful little Betsy here uh, to remind us what happens when we do not abide in the vine. Because some of us, um, we try to do our best to mimic living in the vine. What that looks like, I'm not trying to be harsh. It's like um, being a Christian without a prayer life. You can go to church, and you can do Christian things, but unless you actually live in the true vine, like in Jesus, not the way community church is not your vine, it can be a resource, and hopefully a big one. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But you have to live in the vine. Some of you are like, man, this is super elementary. You're right. I like elementary. I like simple. I, I think it's really funny when those of us learn Greek and Hebrew and don't do this. Because you can learn everything in the world and miss the point. This is the point. Life in Christ is life in the vine. That's called a dramatic pause. We do that as preachers. Hey, uh, 
Uh, Brandy, will you get me a drink, please? I'm so thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Cool. Um, so this week, um, this sermon is, uh, I, got, I got a name for it. I got a little title. I don't normally title my messages. Um, I just call them one, two, three, and four. Uh, but I got a title this morning, and we're going to call this Addition by Subtraction. That's what we're talking about today. Subtraction. There's going to be some tri- subtraction in your life, and this is how um, there's going to be some addition in your life. Thank you so much, man. It's really wonderful. Parched. I have a, a, a little phrase that I learned a couple months ago, and I find myself saying it often, and I think it really relates to this message, because there's going to be a lot of areas in our life that are multiply, multiple, very discomforting to exist in, and I have learned this. Can, I'm going to say this. And the, uh, the, the, um, where, where, say, say uh, um, I lost. Oh, there it is. Comfort is the enemy of progress. Can you say that with me? Comfort is the enemy of progress. For everyone at home, let's let them hear it. Comfort is the enemy of progress. I believe that. Today we're going to talk about you growing. Uh, I have uh, some pastors that I have um, that really get at my life. Um, Us preachers, we know how to get Christian statements out there sometimes to navigate the areas and hard issues of our life. And so I want you to know, uh, uh, last year... Uh, there were some pastors that were checking on things that matter to me in my life. And I want you to know that you're growing in your life right now. We're all growing. Every one of us are growing. The problem is many of us are growing into unhealthy things in our life. I'm for reals, yo. Like, you're learning. You're learning about politics. You're learning about money, where to invest your time and your resources. You're learning um, how to be better at work. You're learning how to be better in, 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 in uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, we're just, we're just sponges of information. Um, but what happens is sometimes we grow too much in certain areas, and we get really excited about it, like sports stats. You know, I love these things. I love sports stats. But then in doing so, we miss other areas of our life that we knew was a key ingredient to being a healthy individual. Does that make sense? So this pastor sent me this to me, and it was, he says, hey, how's your spiritual life? How's your, how's your marriage? I'm great that you're praying and reading your Bible every day. How's your marriage, Jack? Well, I mean, you know, we're doing pretty good. You know, and let me tell you something. If your marriage ain't good, ain't nothing good in your life. <laughs> you don't know that yet. You'll figure it out. I'll tell you right now. Can I get an amen? How's your family? You spend time with your kids? I heard someone tell me once, date your kids. Man, that's a, that's a word for the Lord. H- how's work? How, but most of us focus on work, don't we? Yeah. It's like that's the easiest one to get right because there's someone over your life reminding you constantly when you're not doing it right. And for some reason, they're nicer than your, than your spouse. Uh, um, how, how are things online? Are, are, you, are you struggling watching things online? Because you got to keep that box. Make, make sure you know, man, there's things get growing in there. How's your ministry? You all have a ministry, every one of you. How's your finances? Because if things are bad, what happens is oftentimes we we don't want to acknowledge it, and we just keep spending. <laughs> like like the, the the recipe to getting out of debt is just spend more because it feels good right now, and I'll deal with later. Oh, maybe that's just some of us here. Uh, some of us have like so like social like do you have do you have friends? 
I don't know if you know, but like you, you want to have friends, even all y'all introverts. You want to have like a friend, but you don't because you just go home and shut the door. Huh. How's your physical life? There's going to be a point in time where you meet a doctor and they say your health isn't right. But you know what you reap is what you sow. And so uh, some of us are not putting any effort into getting our health better. And then we wonder, we, we, we rebuke the devil when our health gets bad. <laughs> you realize, like, all those Oreos helped, Jack, you know? Um, um, and then, like, are you just having fun? Like, do you do anything? Like, I think that that was, like, the coolest word on the whole card because, like, for me, my life is really serious. Like, I'm about some serious things. And sometimes you just need to check out and, like, go axe throwing or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, so that's, that's that. And so I, I was reeling this, and I realized that this is the soil to which things in my life are growing in. And without them, there will be moments, like, just take fun away. Your life is going to get stressed out. Like, I'm not even being, like, maybe that's too spiritual. You're just going to get stressed out. You got to put fun somewhere on your calendar. That's good preaching, Jack. All right, cool. I'm going to get in the sermon here, and we're going to go late. Um, Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29, Jesus said this. This is what the kingdom of God is like. Now, he, he talks often in parables, and oftentimes people don't understand them, but the, the truth is in the story. And he says basically to his disciples in Matthew chapter 13, I'm always talking in parables because if you want to listen, you have to hear. And people are like, yeah, I heard, but you weren't, you weren't listening. It's kind of like when my wife is yelling at me. I was, I was listening, but I was hearing, but I don't know. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scattered seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or he gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he doesn't really know how. Let me let you know, you are growing into an athlete, into a Christian and some, some of it's happening naturally and unnaturally. It's just happening. But this is how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. I love that, man. Because there are things in your life that your life is sucking nutrients out of, and, and you're putting that nutrients in that soil. you got to give your, the nutrients air. you got to give you that, that seed that you want to have. You want to have the results. Put it in the soil. You know, some trees don't grow in certain soils. There are some, like, apple trees that just won't grow in America. They have to actually graft it into the... Bu- That's another story. Okay, got to stay on point. So the soil... Is, is what's going to grow this thing. First the stalk, then the head, then a full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it and, because the harvest has come. Has come. The soil in your life is important. I just felt like I needed to read that to you today. I have four points to this message today, and I'm going to try to say them quickly. The first point comes out of uh, is, is, the main, is the main point. Is the main point. Main things got to be the main things. Verse 4 says this, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in the vine, in me. 
I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me, I in him will bear much fruit, but from without me, you can do nothing. This is one week without prayer. This is one week without fasting. <laughs> this is one week not in the vine. And uh, this thing is cr crispy to the touch. It's a delicate subject, you know. When you get sensitive in life, I wonder, are you in the vine? Why is everything so touchy and delicate in your life? Maybe it's too crunchy, you know? That's another illustration. I got a whole bunch of them for you today. That wasn't part of the message. That's just a freebie. That's just a nugget for all y'all sensitive jacks out there. Spend time in the vine. Less crunchy. See that? Abide. If you don't hear anything else, you cannot be a Christian unless you abide in the vine. You can't bear fruit. People around you, when they look at you, they don't know that you are Jesus's. Because what's, there's, there's nothing coming out that looks like Jesus. What I mean by that is, um, please hear this. You can't act like a Christian. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's the byproduct of being with Jesus. So we're not, you, 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 we're not trying to get you to behave differently. We're trying to get you to spend time knowing God. You come out smelling like him. It, it, you gotta, you gotta be in God's word. Please understand this. It doesn't. None of us in this room, including your really anointed, godly pastor, can be a Christian um, based on our own discernment or understanding. Yes. We are all first students of Jesus' word. His word reads our life and tells us what we need to do, who we need to become. And we have to let God's word speak to us. This is how you abide in God. Is, is that if you are a Christian, it only works by abiding. Otherwise, you're dying. And there's no, I don't see a difference. Yes. Apart from me, you can't do, you can't be a Christian without Christ. That's right. Cool. Just like I can't be married without my wife. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's just the way it works. All right. Making sure we're all on the same page. Cool. The second point that you got to get to today is this. He lifts us up. This is a good one right here. So check this out. In, in, in verse 2 and 3, I'm going to read them to you. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, while every branch uh, that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Well, you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Verse 3 just doesn't make sense in this chapter because it's a bad translation. I have to take you back to verse 2 real quick. We're going to go to verse 2. Um, and he says, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. The word takes away right there is a bad translation. And just about every translation in the scripture is going to notate it. They put these little words there because they want you to know that that word doesn't mean that word. It means something else. And here's what that word means. I'm actually, your pastor's going all out today, y'all. I'm going to the Greek today, y'all. Like, this is, we're going, we're going deep. This is deep stuff here today. So, so every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. It doesn't actually mean he takes it away. It's just when the translators were translating it, that's the word that they thought. If you know anyone that's bilingual, you'll, you'll, you'll know that, like, sometimes they're trying to, what's the word? I don't know. What, I'll just go with this word. That's what they did. So the word here means airo. I had, to, I had to listen to someone else say it because I'm not, my Greek is um, struggling. Uh, my English is also struggling. And so, so, I roll is the word. And the word literally means to lift up. 
Okay, so the vine dresser, I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. And every branch uh, that, that, that is in me, he lifts up. That does not bear fruit, he lifts up. Jesus always lifts up. This is what he does. Okay? So we think about the woman who is at the well. Her life is falling apart. Things are real bad. She's stuck in her ways. Everything's terrible. He lifts her up. This is who Jesus is. Okay? The, the woman caught in adultery. Like, like in our lives, we get really down on ourselves. Like we're terrible people and everything's a mess and I'm awful. And, and he, Jesus, the woman caught in adultery, he lifts her up. So this word, arro, you actually see it when Jesus was at the, the tomb of Lazarus. And he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead. And what the Bible says is, is he got to the tomb, he saw the, the, the stone, and, and he, he, he lifted up his eyes to heaven. And he said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. Hear how Jesus lifted up. And I love that he's, he's dealing with things before he's going to deal with things. He lifts up. Right? This is the same word for, for Jairus, Jairo, I'm sorry, who had the, the little daughter that died. And he, he rebuked the, the dead spirit inside of her, and he, he lifted her up. Whew, man. Anyone else been lifted up by Jesus before? You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get, I get stuck on myself, and I get like a dog with fleas, and, and I'm woe is me. Anyone else? I, and I, I, because I can be, my personality can be really passionate, so I can also be really, you know, and so some of you that are really passionate, you, you have highs and you have lows, and the Lord says, hey, let me tell you who you are. I know who you think you are, but you are the righteousness of Christ. No, you don't feel like it. This is how he lifts us up. You are my beloved. You are. Uh, and and he, he'll just begin to call into us the true identity as he lifts us up. And so when he says, you are all, like, like he, uh, every branch that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. It's because of this. So, uh, oh man, this is so good. I'm so excited about this. You ever see uh, a slow motion camera of a vine? It's the most fascinating thing. We're all growing. And these vines, what they do is they begin to, they do this at night, right? Yeah. They're growing and they're, they're doing these things. They're waving and they're looking for something to cling on to. So what vine dressers do, we have this little vine at our house that's got these little pretty flowers and stuff, you know, and I, I'm not the best gardener in the world, and so most times I'll forget about it, and I'll look, and I'll come back a couple days later, and the thing's laying on, laying on the ground. The vine dresser, they have these trellises, and the objective is to get the vine onto the trellis, okay? So as a, as a vineyard, they would have these sticks, these trellises, and they'd grow the vine up, and then they have these strings. I used to live in Napa, in, in Sonoma Valley, and uh, so I get to see these beautiful vineyards. Oh, man, it was awesome. And they have these strings that go from trellis to trellis to trellis, and what the, the vine dressers would do is they'd, they'd pick up the, 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 the vine, and they'd attach it onto the string so it would continue to grow. And what they do is they actually, these vines, they, they grow and they wrap each other's arms and they grow into each other. I don't know if you know, but your branch was intended for my branch. That's yes. what strengthens each other. That's what makes strength for the roots. It's not the trellis. No, what ends up happening is the vines strengthen each other. Are there other Christians in your life? Introverts. You're not going to grow on an island. You need me. I need you. We are the body. Do you hear me? So the vine dresser goes over because what happens is, is if it doesn't find the trellis, it begins growing and growing 
and growing, and it, out, it weighs itself down so that it hits the ground. The problem with this is that any morning dew builds and it lays it down even further onto the dirt. And so the dirt then overlaps it and it becomes like a mud. Well, now the vine can't grow in the mud. And because of its growth, it, the growth of this vine actually killed it. Can you believe that? And so what Jesus is saying is, is every branch, uh, I'm going to lift it up. And then he says, you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. So he's actually saying, because I told you that you're my beloved, because I told you that you're the righteousness of Christ, because I told you that you're the light of the world, I want you to understand I've already dealt with, I've already got all the crap off you. Do you understand? Yes. Oh, it's good. Yeah. He's lifting us up. Well, now here's the next part we're going to talk about here. Point number one is you have to abide. Point number two is he lifts me up. Point number three is, oh, this is not fun. Because I realize that we are all growing, but in and of itself, as I'm just a branch. Now, let's pretend that this is back to life. The branch doesn't recognize the areas in its life that it needs to continue growing or the areas that it needs to, like, it needs growth in other places. You ever look at, like, a tree in Florida, like these oak trees? You know, they got, like, branches growing all out one side of the tree, and then the storm comes, and somehow, like, the roots couldn't support all the weight on one side. It's all awkward. It's kind of like, this is the way I, I know my mind is weird, but it's kind of like Christmas when you let your kids decorate the Christmas tree, and they just put, they put all of the ornaments on one side and said, we're done. Can we go back to playing? No, man. You know, if you really know how to dress a Christmas tree, you got to step back a little bit. You step back and look, and you know, those of you that are really good, you've learned, you squint your eyes just right, and you look at the tree. You can see where all the lights are and where they aren't, and you can see what's, where, we got to move some things around. There's some things in each branch that need to be dealt with. And so what it says here in verse 3 in verse 2, I'm sorry, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up, while every branch that does bear fruit, he what? He prunes. Now, notice, he doesn't say some branches. He doesn't say, oh, I'm just going to deal with Shannon, because obviously we got to work on Shannon, right? And yeah. God bless you, Shannon. <laughs> and I'm not going to work on James because, well, James, is, he's got it all together. I mean, he's even dressed like it. Like he, he, James doesn't need any pruning. No, 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 no. The scripture says every branch, the Father is going to prune. Yes. Now, what's important about this is that if we're not careful, adolescent in our faith, the pruning process in our life, we think feels wrong. Like this doesn't seem right. I, I can remember multiple times where I'm going out with other Christians and they're going to all watch a movie and the Lord says, no, you can't do what they're doing. Why? That doesn't feel fair, God, because I'm not trying to grow you to the places I'm trying to grow them. You've got to subtract that from your life. Some things you can't say that others can say. There's some things you can't drink that others may be allowed to drink. There's some things that you're not allowed to eat that other people can eat. You know what I'm talking about? Like, sometimes the Lord tells me about those Oreo cookies. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, you just got to know that uh, some things you can't do that others can do. And it doesn't seem fair. But I, I really want to be dating right now, Lord. Everyone else is dating, but not you. Because what I'm trying to do is in the long term. Yeah. 
This isn't for right now. What we're doing in your life has a bigger picture than what we're going to do in their life. So when the Lord says, this ain't for you, it feels like it ain't fair, Lord. But timing is a big part of kingdom. And you have to know that the Father, he's good. The vine dresser is going to cut away things in your life. Not all growth is good. And if there's areas in our life that we're not growing in, this is massively unhealthy. And so what I've learned is there's only so many things in my life that I can take care of. I can't be friends with every person in my church and father my children. But I want to be social and have fun and I want, I want to make a difference. You are making a difference. You're a father. And what you're going to do in their life, they can't do. Okay, all right, Lord, so I need to cut some things out of my life so I can make some more time for my kids. Okay, but uh, Tim, you know what? You got to cut some more things out of your life because you need to exercise. Because if you want to live as long as I'm calling you to live, you're going to have to rearrange some things in your life. Okay, so you want to you make a difference? You want to lay hands on the sick and them actually recover? You're going to have to have an anointing. That means you're going to have to fast. You're going to have to pray. And you're going to have to pray a lot harder than the people around you. Because if you want what God wants to do through you, it's going to cost you more than it's going to cost the other folks. And you got to know, the Father is going to cut things out of your life if you want to grow. Subtraction by addition. And it's so weird that you would think, why would I cut away this branch? Somehow now by cutting this branch, it has a greater potential of growing more fruit. What in your life is the Lord trying to grow in your life? What is he trying to add by subtracting? Because there are some things in our life. Remember, we said that comfort is the enemy of progress. And so some things feel uncomfortable when people identify it as ugly in your life. But I can tell you right now that you can tell when bad fruit is growing on a branch. But I can't always tell. Because the branch just wants to do what it's supposed to do. And the fruit that's growing on it, the branch can't have any, the soil, it's the, there's other variables that's got to happen. And so other people around you know the bad fruit that's going on inside of you, but you don't know about you. And so if you don't trust the other people that can look and go, well, that tree looks pretty healthy, but that branch right there definitely is not healthy. And why is it that we get nervous when other people look at and say, hey, look, there's something wrong. You have an issue. And what we don't understand is that if we allow bad fruit to continue growing on this branch, it will affect everything else in the tree. That's right. It's got to be dealt with. We're not being rude. We're not saying you, you're a terrible person. What we're saying is we care about the whole body of Christ. We actually care about what's going on in your life, and we want to see the best fruit come out of you. When people are trying to help prune, don't hate them. Listen, because there may be things in our life that God is trying to cut away that you don't see growing in you. Is that fair? I feel like, we'll take the offering right now. It's preaching so good. All. <laughs> Last thing here, I got to go over you prunes. You got to know, if you're a Christian and you haven't heard the Lord say no yet, then you're not reading your Bible. And you're definitely not listening to your pastor. Um, 
There are some things that I love that simply are not good for me, at least all the time. And that's that. The fourth point I have is called, wow, um, this is love. This is love. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Let me just stop there. I love this. I can't duplicate this. I can't emphasize this enough. But if you don't have moments in your life where you understand the love that God has for you, it's going to produce bad fruit. There's an old saying, hurt people hurt people. You ever heard that before? What happens is when there's hurting going on inside you, that hurt comes out on others unintentionally. And so it's so important that we live and dwell in the love that Jesus has for us. Because when we're absorbing the nutrients from the soil, it's producing in us. When we're, when we're soaking in the vine, when we're soaking in the reality that I am loved, everything in the day that I'm about to go and do is different. It's not going to happen out of insecurity. It's not going to happen out of pain. It's going to happen out of, I don't deserve to be loved by someone as beautiful, as powerful, as wealthy, as awesome, as cool, as Jesus. And you're here with me right now. This is fascinating. And now I go start my day and everything's good. It doesn't matter what happens at work now. I'm loved. It doesn't matter what you say about me. I'm loved. As the Father loved me, so I also love you. Abide in that love. That changes everything. You know how many people in your life that you know that are drinking themselves into a coma because they're looking for to be loved? You know how many people that you know that are throwing themselves at the addiction of work to try to get enough to be loved? And it's so wonderful to have a place a secret place where I can go to where I'm loved. And you gotta know, like I'm a married man and I have kids that are pretty awesome. But my kids can't love me the way that God does. And my wife cannot love me. And some of you want to be in a relationship and I, and I get that. But there is nobody that can do for our soul what the loving, cleansing power of Jesus can do for us in a few moments. Okay, I got to move on. So, uh, as the fathers love me, so I love you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as my father, uh, I have kept my father's commandments, and I abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. So he's, he's saying you'll have great, full joy if you abide in the father, if you abide in the love, if you keep his commandments. Now, here's a secret here. This is where it gets into one of those weird parables. That's super awesome. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Okay, I know that I'm going longer than normal, so I need you to kind of lean in with your understanding. This is because I would be daydreaming if I were you right now. As the, my, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment. I have to go back to verse 10. Um, if you keep my commands, you will abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll abide in my love. Keep my commands, abide in my love. 
Now, the Father is saying, this is my command, that you love one another. Now, I have to stop right here and explain where we're at. Jesus is not just telling a random story on a random day of his life. Nope. These are his last words. This is, um, tomorrow I'm about to go on death row and be executed, and I get like one last time to have with my kids, and I'm going to give them the secrets to life. If you keep my commands, you'll abide in my love. Love one another as I have loved you. What just happened is in 12 hours from now, he's going to be hanging on nails on a tree. In tw- less than 12 hours from now. This is the night before Jesus is crucified. Jesus literally just got done explaining to them how much he loves them by getting down on his knees with a towel around his waist, washing his disciples' feet. The one he came to lead, he is showing them what it means to lead by cleansing them. You'd have no part in me if I don't cleanse you and wash you. And he's going to say, this is how I want you to love, as I love you. I want you to love others like I am loving you, as I'm about to go do. Now he says this. This is the next sentence. Oh, man, it's so good. I love it. Makes me want to shout. Makes me want to shout. (laughs) Greater love has no love than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Okay. When Jesus says to go love people, he is not saying here to go be kind and smile at people. You've got to understand this. This is a secret to the kingdom of heaven. He is trying to say this just hours before he's about to be crucified because he knows they'll remember what love actually looks like now that he's going to do it for them. He's going to lay his life down. This is what love looks like. So he's saying, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. This is what I'm telling you to do, bear fruit. Love people just like I love you. I'm telling you, I'm commanding you to go love human beings the way I love you. How do I love you? I lay my life down for you. He says, if you lay your life down for others, you'll actually have joy. Some people, I, I, I know I have battled in my life, I've battled moments of depression. There are doctors that have clinical proof that show that one of the ways to get out of depression is to go and help people. Lay your life down for people. This is what love looks like when others are far more important than you are. Now, when you go to work tomorrow and, you're, and your coworkers understand for the first time that you're there to help whatever they broke, that's abnormal. Wait, so you're just gonna like take credit for what I broke? You're just gonna like, yeah, well, that's what Jesus did for me. Now you're different. I've never known a love like that before. See, the reality is, is Jesus laid his life down so that we can walk across it. That's where we are. This is what love is. This is my commandment. Abide in the mindset. Abide in the understanding. When you have prayer tomorrow, I want you to realize that you sinned. I lived a sinless life. I gave you my life so that you can have my righteousness. That's fantastic. That is love. Abide in the vine. Rich and Deb, would you come? I'm super excited about this message because it's getting me. Here's what you need to know. I think I'm going to say all this one more time. 
abide in the vine? Because that's the only thing that matters. I can't be a Christian on my own and I can't look like Jesus on my own and I can't produce fruit that's actually gonna influence anyone's life and I really wanna make a difference in this world but I can only do it if I actually spend moments in Christ where he loves me and I know it. Second thing I think you need to know is that he lifts you up. When you don't look like Jesus, when you don't act like Jesus, when you feel like you're in the dirt, covered in mud, he lifts you up and he cleans you off and he reattaches you to the body of Christ and to the, and to the vine. The last thing I think, uh, the third thing, the third point was that if you are a Christian and there is fruit in your life, you need to know that there is going to be moments where God talks about the things that he's trying to deal with in you, not in us, in you. And that may feel uncomfortable, but I'm telling you, if you deal with it, it will be good for all of us. Father, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you're speaking to your church.